This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. of a certain age, the podcast. I'm Carol Montgomery, and I'm so excited about the female comics that I have uh, on the show tonight. So please give a hand to Ellen Karras. <laughs> Rhonda Handsome. And Miss Sherry Davey. All right, ladies, get yourself comfortable. Here you go. Here's oh, this. thank you so okay, much. You can all, oh, okay. All right. Oh, look at that. Hello. Oh, we're on. Everyone Hello. good? Look at this. Well, you should actually be, because, uh, never mind. I was just trying to look, because it doesn't, you know, there's like Do white pants. My... No, 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 okay. no, no. I was just, because of the colors, black and white and white. <laughs> I'm just being a girl, which is so fucking unusual for me. So, um, uh, is yours on? Is it on? We're very professional here. Yep. At Stand Up New York. Everything is on? Roger needed her glasses. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We're good? So, uh, um, uh, as you uh, might have heard uh, when, when, you, when we were listening to these fabulous ladies stand up, these women all have such great um, points of view. One of the things I think that drives me crazy about being a woman in comedy is that you'll hear for many, many years, guys will all go, well, women all talk about the same thing. You know, they all talk about the same thing, but like every guy will talk about jerking off in his mother's basement, but that's okay. <laughs> So, um, uh, and uh, uh, we've all done the road, right, ladies? Mm -hmm. So the, the one thing I want everyone to, you know, we, we, these women work, you know, work all over the place. But the, the thing is, is that what, what most people don't realize about when you're on the road as a female comic, especially if, if you're just working to, to make a living as opposed to a big star, is you get to be, uh, you have to, we, you get put up in these comedy condos. <laughs> And we have to talk about them. So I will tell you, I will, I will, the, everyone has a comedy condo story, I can tell already. Basically, comedy condo store, um, comedy condos, um, the club owners are too cheap to give you a hotel. So they, they get an apartment, usually on the really shitty part of town. Uh, the le one of the condos I was in, there were bats in the apartment. <laughs> and, and when I complained, I swear to God, the guy went, open a window. <laughs> So, um, so, uh, so and, and the problem is, is that, you know, we are all very strong, powerful women, but, you know, we're, we're still women, and when you're out late at night in, uh, in a club situation, it's not, the mo it's, not, it's not very safe, and people never think of that. I went one other time when I was complaining about the living situation, the, man, the club owner said to me, well, Carol, get used to it. This is, this is what it is, either or, you know, and it's like, really? Okay, all right. So anyway, so I know that Sherry has an amazing story, and I've wanted her on the show because she's a great comic, but this is, this is what it is like when you start out as a female. Oh, yeah, when you start out as a female, and, and I was younger too, so I didn't have the confidence I have now to really speak up, but um, I had one of these, my first big gigs on the road, and it was a, a club in Pittsburgh. It was called The Funny Bone. And uh, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's there anymore. Hopefully not. Hopefully it burned down. But anyway, um, maybe <laughs> it's not. A, I, it's not. No, of course not, because it was a poorly run business. Um, so anyway, I did this club called the Funny Bone, and I was working with this comic who uh, um, shall remain nameless for now. 
Um, he's he was just dreadful. The just give us the initials. Uh, no, I, I can't. Honestly, this, it's been like a legal issue since I brought this up. You're not going to believe it, but um, I I can't. I'm going to write a book about my life in comedy. It's called Mein Kampf Zwei. You know. So anyway. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I did this gig, and uh, from the minute I walked in the club, I was young. I was like, you know, I was, I was just newly married. I was like 30 years old. I was young. And uh, from the minute I got in the club, he would, start, he would talk to me, and he would like bang my breasts. It was just like, I just knew right away that this guy thought he was going to have some time with me. And we were staying in the same comedy condo, and he just became more and more belligerent as the week would, went by. He used to work Wednesday to Sunday. He'd have Wednesday through Sunday shows. And he just became more and more belligerent and more and more sexual with me. And I was just really trying to be professional. And I would say to the owner, you know, I think, I think he's getting the wrong idea. He's like, well, that's because you put it out there. You know, that's like we said, I put it out there, you know. Not to be mean, but you put it out there. Um, so, anyway, so, just got worse and worse. And it, let me just, uh, I just put it in a nutshell. It, 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 in the comedy condo, I literally would lock myself in my room every night because he had a, he, had, he was in the same condo as I was because he was saying to me, you know, uh, I know you want it, come out, come get me, you know, I want to give this to you, all this stuff, you know, like it was a gift. And I uh, got, uh, and I kept telling my husband, my first husband, you know, come, you know, he was working, he was new in business. I'm like, you got to come here, you got to come, come to Pittsburgh, I can't be alone with this person. And, um, and I, you know how it is, Carol, you keep speaking up and people are just like, well, you know, it's your problem, you got you to deal with this. This is what it's like for women on the road. You got to get used to this, right? And... Um, it just ended on the last night I was there, a second to last night, the Friday, the Friday night, he invited a bunch of his guy friends, local friends, to play cards at night in the, in the condo. And, at about, and I went to bed with, and I had the, the door locked. And about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up to the sound of like tools and hammers and nails. They were trying to take the door off my room. Oh my God, I, and, they were, and they were saying things like, we're gonna get her, and I was just like, oh my God, they're gonna kill me, they're gonna rape me and kill me, because that was the year of the accused, and I was like, okay, I'll get a role in a movie, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, it was just terrible, and I was so scared, and, and I remember, and, I, and I, it, it, this is like before cell phones, right? So um, they didn't, the, the phone to the condo was out in, in, the, in the living room, there was one phone on the wall that had got you to the security guy at the front desk, and I called this gentleman, and I'm just like, oh my God, they're gonna kill me, I, I don't know, and, and he came up, he came up. I'm like, please come up, dear God, please help me. And it's like two o'clock in the morning, and he came up, and suddenly I heard a knocking on the door, and it's the security guard from downstairs, and he's like, um, "What's going on in there? Let me in. There's a woman called, and she's in trouble." <laughs> and God. he came in, thank God, and told these guys all to leave and like save my life because I thought, I thought, oh my God, this this bastard's gonna get through. And I'm gonna have to throw myself out a window. And uh, but this man came in, and he like saved my life. I think they were gonna kill me because they were furious with me. They were drunk. And then the next day, I went to the comedy, the man around the club, and I said, "You gotta, you gotta book somebody else. I gotta get out of here. And this guy's gonna kill me." Um, and he said, "Yeah." He said, "He's already talking that tonight is the night because you know you were teasing him, and you know you're putting up, you're putting up, you know all your defenses, but you just, you just really want it." And thank God, my husband arrived, and that was, yeah, yeah. That's and, but, what we have but, to deal oh, with. But I gotta tell you. But can I tell you something, Carol? Yeah. I always say, this is what the thing is, though. I had a few of these terrible incidents happen. One guy, um, I was on the call, I used to open up for this one guy on the road, and he was very popular at the strip, and I, Lucian Hold made me his little warm-up girl, and I would go out with him to these gigs, and all the way back, he'd be like, oh, you have to touch it, it's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was in seventh grade, and uh, we got to this rest stop in Connecticut off the Merritt Parkway one night, and he's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. When he went to the bathroom, I left him there and drove off home on my own. I was just like, fuck it. 
Yeah. yeah. I was like, whatever. But I gotta tell you, every time these things happened, what happened was I would go home and say to my husband, I can't do this anymore. I can't do the road. So it would propel me to write something and then I'd go and sell. I, it it kind of transformed my career because I thought, I can't be on the road because it's not safe. Right. I mean, these, situ- these are yeah. not safe situations. It's bad enough when you're walking from the club up to the comedy condo by yourself and the audience right. members see you go up by yourself. Right. Now, you gotta, the other comedians are gonna predate upon you. It's right. like, it's not gonna work. Yeah, and what, what happens is, is that the club owners, they 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 look at uh, they just look at female comics as just you know well you know you're like a guy you know you get used to it and and yeah. and, and and man up and it's like I remember this one this one place. But can I just say it oh, wasn't yeah. the predominant. It wasn't every guy. And in fact, when I would tell the other guys that I worked with here in the city what was happening, they just but like, you've got to speak up. You've got to say something. Right. They come to your defense right away. So oh, it's absolutely. Not everybody. This is not no no yes. Yeah. And that's an, I'm glad you bring that up. This is not uh, a, a tirade against. Uh, oh yeah. No. Against male comics because I have some very very close friends. See, now I think the internet's changing things because it's, there's so much transparency. People can't get away with stuff anymore. They'll just put, you know, they'll just put it online. You know, right. Years ago, Absolutely. it was a big secret. Absolutely. Right? But, 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 I, but, I, but there, are, there are many, many male comics that will support. I remember years and years and years ago when I was first starting out, I was doing some uh, stand-up, some, I don't remember where it was, and some guy um, was heckling me, so I went back and forth with him. Mm. And, and, and he was getting mad and he got up and started walking towards the stage and all of the comics, because comics always sit on the side, all of the comics made a, a wall and they wouldn't let him get by me. So I mean, Great. That, but, yeah. but what, what, what the, the, it's important, the point we're trying to talk about is, is when you're a woman alone, the first thing people think is, well, you're alone, so you must want it. And it's like, you know, I can do myself, thank you very much. <laughs> Leave it to Carol to like, put in a message of empowerment. I can do myself. Thank you very much. But, you, but what I mean by that is, is, is like, I'm, I've been married forever. I've been with my husband for 40 years. It's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> if I was going to fuck somebody else, it would be somebody who had a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've had bartenders go, hey. I'm like, no. Rhonda, do you have a story? Well... I was um, doing a Southern tour with a a headliner featuring for a headliner, and um, I couldn't believe how openly um, he was uh, using drugs. I mean, I remember one night in the condo, in, in the comedy condo, he's sitting there with a bag of cocaine, just doing, never offered me any. So he's also just selfish and rude. Yeah. Yes. He's a very rude drug addict. But uh, on, on the same tour, it was a southern tour, and so I, I came to love the Confederate flag. Uh, it was very interesting to me. I was in a room on uh, the first floor that had no curtains, no blinds on the windows in my bedroom. So the room I was sleeping in, the uh, sliding doors uh, had no curtains, no, no blinds, nothing. And one night, I wake up, and the MC is standing in my room in his tidy whities <laughs> Yes, ooh is the correct reaction. And I go to him, what's going on? And he says to me, oh, I was sleepwalking. (laughs) I mean, 
I mean, there, there was, there's no respect for boundaries. No, not at all. And, and the thing about it, again, because we are women of a certain age, it's before cell phones, and you feel so vulnerable, and yet you're on the road, you're in, you're, you're in a different state, you're by yourself, and you feel like, you know, I gotta be strong, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't wanna make waves, I don't wanna cause trouble. You wanna work again, I, talk I would, about you. I would like to work again at better money, and, <laughs> but you, you, know, you, you just don't know how much trouble your life can be in. You, don't, you really don't know much, how much harm can come to you Absolutely. in that kind of situation. Uh, you know, on the spectrum of like one to 10, you know, 10 being, you, you know, um, someone breaking in your room and, and raping you. Well, uh, one of the things, it, what, what, what I always, actually, uh, the older women should actually teach a class in this for, uh, about being a, a, a road comic. Because I, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, you know, where fuck is an adjective. So, um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't suffer fools well. But I, rem I mean, I was always very, I, I, whenever I would go on the road, I, I, I mean, I live here now, but when, whenever I would come home, like when, we, when I lived away, and I, I would always go, I'm going into New York mode, which basically is like my shoulders are up, I'm looking around, I'm very aware of everything that's going on. So I remember one time I was, I'd walk, a lot of times the clubs are in the hotels. So there's one time I actually had a hotel where I went up to my room, did my, you know, went to bed. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. There's a knock on the door. 2 o'clock in the morning, people. Nothing good is happening at 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? <laughs> Booty call! <laughs> and I hear the guy on the other side of the door go, maintenance! <laughs> now, some people would go, oh, something must be wrong in my room, but I'm not a fucking idiot. So I literally went, okay, hold on one second. I'm gonna go call front desk and just confirm it. And I heard the person run down, running away from the, you know, from, uh, from my door, which, so the point is, is that you have to be aware of this, these situations because it will happen. This is, and this isn't anything. You know, just being, being a woman, just, you pretty much have a fucking, please, somebody touch me, you know? <laughs> Not me anymore because I'm 61 and nobody cares, but. Uh, <laughs> It is. I have an invisibility cloak now for the Harry Potter fans. Ellen, do you have a story? Right. No, I mean, being older is, um, you know, the bad news is we're less employable. The good news is nobody wants to fuck us anymore. So it's okay. It's okay. There's an offset. That's to the good news? That's the offset to everything. Well, let me just speak for myself. Um, you're still hot because you don't crack. So you're good. You're good. You're still hot. I'd actually be with you. Okay. And anyway... It's taking a weird turn. Um, so I, I've never stayed in a condo, but I did do a one-nighter with a male comic, and it actually wasn't his fault, but um, it, was, it was in a bar or something, and the room that we were supposed to stay at was in, in the, the upstairs of this bar in whatever the hell it was, tavern, and, uh, which is always a bad sign. And, uh, and then we go upstairs, and there's one room. And uh, and there was and there one was, room. There was one. There was one room with like a little curtain. And I went up and act. On, uh, this is frankly, like it happened one night in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it was one room, and there was like just a little curtain. First of all, I said to the guy, uh, "You realize because it, it was like an upstairs." And I said, uh, "I think that's Anne Frank's diary because I think that <laughs> I think that's where we are." And I hope uh, I hope it ends better. And. Um, <laughs> So, so we just 
kind of drew the curtain, and uh, I didn't sleep. I can't, I, I mean, I, I can't sleep when I'm on, away on the road anyway, but I definitely couldn't sleep that night. So it was very weird and very uncomfortable. So that was one time. And the, another time was I was actually by myself, and I uh, did a gig out in Pennsylvania, <clears throat> and, um, and I'll tell you who it was for afterwards, but you guys, <laughs> by, by the time I finish with the story, you'll guess who it was. And um, oh, I the, know hotel, it was. the hotel was disgusting. That, so that's the other thing, is that even if you get like your own room, sometimes it's, it is so god-awful. And it's like, listen, in every town, there is, a, the there, is a mo- there is a Motel 6 or a Hampton, like there's something for... Th- $40 with a coupon. Yeah, but if, they, you if, know, if, if they're giving you a motel where it's by the hour, that's not a good oh, thing. Well, right. And you got to bring change. And uh, <laughs> so now you can swipe a card. But anyway, that's beside. so uh, I, I, it was one of the, it was literally like a Bates motel. That's what it looked like. And I was the end. First of all, I had a walk uh, like. I don't know. I had a, I had a good five minute walk, like in the woods, practically, to get to this, and then it, it was uh, the end room, end, and it was like the door was half glass. So, I mean, it was hard. I and again that night, I just I literally lied in the bed. My eyes were open until probably five or five thirty when like a little crack of light came in, and then I just got up. And it's my I as we all probably do. I cannot function without coffee ever. I got in the car. No coffee, no peeing. I went straight to, I just went Route 80 and I went home because I just like, I had to get the hell out of there. So that was it. But um, when I do shows now, especially if I have a contract, I put in there and, you know, for a hotel, and I put clean, clean, like, <laughs> I put clean hotel because yeah, I can't. Yeah, because can. that's, that's so, the thing yeah. is you that do they have to just, put that. They, they, comics, and this is, and I will say this, this is across the board, whether or not you're a male or a female. Um, I, and I'm not talking the city clubs because Stand Up New York is my home club, and they treat us very well here. So, and and there are uh, road clubs don't care; they really don't because it, it, it be, be, all it is, is is to them is is selling the tickets and making sure that you know if it's a big star, they will actually put them they will put them in, in a fancy hotel. in a fancy hotel. <laughs> but I have to I have to because I want to move to another question. But I have to tell this great story, and I I was with Vicky Kuberman, so you're. It's the first time Vicky's been in a comedy condo, which was a good, this was one of the best comedy condos. Oh my it God. was clean. They, I mean, we each had our own room. But I, 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 the rule of comedy condo is when you go into the comedy condo, there's always stuff that the comic the, the week before will leave. They'll leave food or they'll say, hey, this is good. You can do this. But you, you open up the refrigerator door and there's always condiments. So there's a lot of mustards, there's a lot of ketchups, there's always a couple of jars of mayonnaise. Everybody's getting takeout. You cannot ever use the comedy condo mayonnaise (laughs) because the comics put their dicks in it. Oh, dear. No, this is honest to God. (laughs) And I remember that. Do not touch the mayonnaise. You could do the mustard because mustard stings. I guess you can't really put it on your dick. But you can't use it. You know, Carol, I just, for me, I was so surprised when I was on the road at the immaturity right. of, the, of the male comics. Right. Like, I was, I was on the, uh, a gig, and the practical jokes was all they thought about. Right. All they thought right. about, not, on each, not just on each other, but for me, this is my first time doing this club out of town, and, it, you know, it's time for the show. And they had done something to my door 
that I could not get out of my hotel room. Oh, oh my no. And they thought that was like incredibly funny right. that I could not get out <laughs> of my hotel room. And I'm, th- you know, I'm, I'm going, what are you, crazy? What are you, like 12 years old? You know, they would put like um, shaving cream under right. the uh, car handle. Right. The toilet paper to- in your room, like uh, the all, night before Halloween. All of these little <laughs> things that grown men are doing. Right. Got, I, got so, I, got to, I got so lucky after some of my incidences. I got, I got to warm up for a long time for Tracy Morgan. Oh, he's a and great Tracy's guy. Tracy's the best, and he always takes care of everybody who works for him. And he taught me, he's like, sure, you got to put in your contract. You want a good hotel. He would have his contract. He had a good hotel, like minimum so much money, a good hotel, and 200 chicken wings. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I swear to God, it was in every contract, and it was my job to count the chicken wings. <laughs> I loved it. It was the greatest job I ever had. But, but Tracy took care to, of me. But getting back he to taught me how to like, stand up for me. He's like, you got to stand up. Oh, and I would absolutely. tell him these stories, and he'd be like, this is insane. You've got to say something. Right. You know? but, but getting back to the immaturity, right. and I remember, but when, especially when we started, um, you have to understand, in, in, uh, for a lot of male comics, when they're, they're, you're starting in your 20s, and you get to go on the road for the first time, and this is so reinforcing me too, Carol, something that I think the audience isn't aware of, that we don't have a union. See, when you're SAG and an actress, I'm SAG right. after, right. you have unions, protections. Right. There's no union right. in comedy. There's no like HR department to right. go to and complain and be like, listen, he whipped it out. Um, yeah. There's nobody to complain to. Yeah. There's just a bunch of other business owners who are competing and they just, nobody says and, anything. And, and if you don't want the gig, then so there's somebody yeah, else who'll somebody take else the gig for you. Two people A male comic get the gig. Right, yeah. there's no governing body right. to go to. Well, but years ago, before cell phones again, so there used to always be a phone in the comedy condo, and you used to be able to call, you know, but then some comic decided he wanted to call China, and we were never allowed to use the phones again, because, right. because somebody said, I can tell stories forever oh about God, that. One yeah. guy took a shit in, in, a, in the pool of the comic strip in Fort Lauderdale, just because he could. Because that's the no, and this like is like what really, she said. They're very immature, right? You're, and you know, I mean, like, how old are you, by the way? Like, uh, uh, this girlfriend. Okay, so you, so you got him, don't you? <laughs> so she said he would never do that. I could tell you have that fucking look. But if you're away from your your wife or your girlfriend or your parents for the first time, I'm not saying it's right. I understand it. It, but it, but you're not thinking. You're not thinking universal that way. You're just thinking, I'm going to take a shit in the pool. Okay, so here's the, uh, the next question I want to talk to the ladies about. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Um, being One of the reasons, like I said, I, I, I came up with the idea for the show was the fact that like, like, these are all beautiful, funny, powerful women, okay? It doesn't matter that they're That's older. That's your cue. That's your cue. <laughs> <laughs> but... I'm curious, what, what, because I know, that, I know that when I turned 50, I saw the writing on the wall, and I started to do other stuff. I started producing oh, and directing. Yeah. I started developing solo shows. I started to do whatever. I worked on the other side of the business for a minute and a half, and then realized, if I'm going to work this fucking hard, I'm going to do it for myself. Okay. So, um, so what, 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 what is it like for you being a woman of a certain age now? Oh, we get older and wiser. Just what you said. You have to learn to... Um, you know, uh, come up with different ways to book yourself and other ways to get business going. Like, uh, I, you know, I was a single mother for many years. I was doing full-time stand-up, but I worked at Nick Mom. I did all the... I wrote for some TV shows. But then I, you know, um, 
turned 50 and I did notice that some of the things just started like drying. This is definitely drying up and there's, an, there's a whole other crop Not of younger... Not just down here, right, drying right, exactly. up and work, work. There's a whole other crop of younger women willing to come up and take a job for half the rate that you would just because they want to get somewhere. But um, you have to learn to like, you know, and especially in today's gig economy, you got to come up with ideas of how you're going to sell yourself. So I was a, you know, I was a weight loss counselor for many years, Weight Watchers. I did corporate weight loss during the day and then I would go out at night and do shows. So I, I, I quit Weight Watchers, started my own business and I'm going back for a master's in nutrition and I bring stand-up to nutrition. Believe it or not, I go to like businesses. Clap for that. That's Thank absolutely you. wonderful. Thank you. But you know, you got to come up with something new because the stand-up always kept the people coming to my meetings because I made it fun because weight loss can be such a drag, you know? But then uh, my clients, you know, people are getting so much more brighter with the internet. They're asking questions. And I was like, I have to go back and get knowledge to share with people. So I bring, you know, you have to come up with something new, a different idea. I have a holiday show now that I do, Bipolar Express, because why not? <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, like you've got to come up with new things. And the handwriting is definitely on the wall. But I think it's our, also our entire economy is changing. Like everything's right. just, internet's Absolutely. changing things so much. Because people don't pay for stand-up. You can yeah. get it for nothing. And, the, and, and, and for me, I, I will tell you this, that when I turned six, because all, all, everything started to happen for me when I turned 60. And you, you'll hear people talk about a second act, and my second act is fucking awesome. Like, I can't believe what, what the stuff that's happening now, I would never have imagined in my 20s. So I don't, do you know that she's the producer of the Showtime special Funny Women of this certain age? Yeah. Uh, do you know that? Hats off. Carol's the first person, female producer, to produce a stand-up special starring only women. And this is over like 50. Over 50. I think you've made history with Thank this. You. Literally Thank made you. history. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. So Rhonda, what, what is it like being of a certain age? Well, uh, being a woman of a certain age, I have to tell you, I am a social media hoe, okay? Oh, she's great. She's yes, really I am. terrific. She yes, really is. Yes, I am. I am Rondaful on Instagram. Please follow Rhonda Handsome Comedy on Facebook and on Twitter, at Rhonda Handsome. That's like a handsome man without the D. Yes, make up your own dick joke. Uh, I... I I find that it's absolutely necessary to be on social media 24 hours of the day. Oh my God, I, you. I don't love it, but I do it because I know that that's what's going on now. That's the, that's the communication now, and, and I am a hoe. I, I am. And I feel she's kind very of good smart. about it. She's not a hoe. She's very smart. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. I'm she's a very PR bright hoe. lady. And if you want to be on my mailing list, just connect with me on any social media. <laughs> it, it, it's really, it's quite challenging, actually. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and the thing is, is like, uh, one of the things that just boggles my mind is that bagel boss guy. Do you know this? Uh, this, uh, this incel uh, who who got off Reddit long enough to go into an actual bagel shop, yeah. <laughs> he has representation and I don't, okay? Uh, I, I'm, I'm very upset about this. <laughs> I'm very upset about this and that's why I'm on there all the time. And, and connect with me because um, I hope that Carol will uh, produce my one-woman show of storytelling in the future. Come I would love there. to. I feel like I'm being, yes. I'm being asked to be, get married. I would love that. Oh, my God, of course. So you got to know when that's going on <laughs> yeah. here. And that's going to be fucking awesome. 
Ellen, my dear. Uh, same thing. You know, you have to create your own opportunities. Uh, good news and bad news about the internet. Uh, you know, the good news is you can put a lot out there. The bad news is that you can suck your day in. Uh, looking at Phyllis's son who broke his leg, and you realize you don't you don't know Phyllis or her son. Um, so you got to be careful. And a uh, lot of FOMO, a lot of FOMO. I have a lot of FOMO on there. Um, but uh, hold on, I, what is FOMO? Uh, fear of missing out. Okay. Hashtag All right. Missing see, out. I did not yeah, see. Fear, fear of missing I out. did not know that. So, um, but I also. Uh, I, you know, put some stuff out there. I, I have a podcast as well, Kara's Comedy Corner. I, uh, it's a weekly podcast, and I've had, well, I'm going to have Sherry. I've had Carol and Rhonda on separately and I together. had a great time. Great time. I love interviewing people. I really do. I'm like, I'm, that's I'm like, your forte. I, I'm so tired of me. And uh, <laughs> I love listening to people's stories. And I've had comics, but I've had singers, and uh, I have the priests and cooks and authors and all kinds of stuff. So that's one of the things I'm, I am focusing on. And I, I wrote a, a TV show idea and a play and a book. And so the thing is, I tell you, the big challenge I find with this entertainment is focus. You really have to focus, and it's uh, and you are your own boss. And honestly, when you get up in the morning, you really gotta like you know have the coffee, go to the computer. Mm -hmm. And I know these ladies do that also, and really focus and try not to dick around and you know you know push. I like to say that but not to vagina to around. Vagina <laughs> <laughs> to that too, and uh, you know and really try to allocate your time because the day really does go by very fast, and you want to be productive. But my big frustration is I find I spend a lot of time looking for work. And I also don't have any representation. And it's very frustrating. And sometimes I'm like, I just want to write today. I just want to write and do my craft. And we wind up spending a lot of time, the emails and, and all that sort of negotiation. Yeah. And it really sucks your energy. So well, one it's challenging. Of the, one of the things when, when I came up with, with the idea for this show um, and, and, and it really did happen fast. I mean, I'm very lucky. I, I, I mean, it, 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 was, it happened with, by the time we did the first live show till the time we taped the special, I think it was 18 months, which is unheard of in show business. You were due. Oh, thank you. You, you. were due because this woman works so oh. hard. You were due. Thank you. That is sure. Very sweet of you. I'll give you your money later. Um, <laughs> but, but oh, there's money. <laughs> But one of the things people will say to me is, you know, how did, because, you know, because even, even though I try to make, um, you know, uh, a very loving thing with all female comics, but there are still comics like, well, how did she get that? And how did Because like you said, I was up every morning on that computer from, I literally like, from like nine in the morning till one o'clock in the afternoon on the computer working on the show. It wasn't just that I, I, I got lucky. I mean, I worked at it. And that's the, the, the hardest thing is people don't understand is that that's so much of, even for me, like writing-wise as a comic, I, I, I'm so working on, I have, not, I have, I think, nine shows in September that are just women of a certain age. So I have to have everyone's name and who's doing what. and So it's, it's constant. And then you don't get to be creative. That's but Carol, when you told me that someone said to you, couldn't you get younger women on the show? <laughs> A network person said, you know, it's a great idea, but can we get younger? Oh. 
Oh, fuck and him. And I have to tell you, younger women to play older no women. Lube, right. No lube. No lube. But what I loved about, I, I, and, and, I, I, and I, I would love to make this where women of certain ages, all different ages, like 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, but I've had women in the 30s come up to me and go, can I be on the show? And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're too young. <laughs> Okay, oh, well, what a shame. So um, <laughs> before we get out of here, I know you guys have gotten your checks. If anyone has any um, uh, questions, do you, anyone want to ask a question? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Young man, yes, sir. Um, I'm curious, what are your, what, who were your influences growing up? Who were your influences? Well, my granddad was a stand-up comic, so I kind of grew up like being around clubs and that kind of thing. So wow. my granddad and uh, grew up at the Spike Mulligan, the Goon Show. He wrote for those shows, so listening to that. Yes. And then uh, b being a kid, I loved um, I loved um, Joan Rivers, of course, huge. Right. Phyllis Diller, Joan Rivers was brilliant, and Susie Essman. When I yeah, started Susie out, was I used to watch amazing. Susie great Essman. Person. She's great. Oh, she was the nicest person too. Great, thank you. Uh, well, Susie Essman used to live right across the street yeah. from here, She's actually. She's come here all the time, right? Uh, my, my influences were my, mo my mother was an incredible woman who was uh, um, in just incredible, an actress, but a major, a major influence. But um, I actually loved Joan Rivers. She had me do movie reviews on her show when she was doing a talk show from New York City. I was the movie reviewer on her show. And Moms Mabley. Oh yeah, God, Moms Mabley. Moms Mabley was uh, a major influence. Pearl Bailey and uh, you know, and and in um, comics who are out now, I have to. I always feel like I want to tell you, I love Cat Williams. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah he's he's one he's one of my favorites. Ellen. Uh, when I was little, I used to watch I Love Lucy with my great-grandmother, <laughs> the rerun, so that was big, even though she, I know she was a comedic actress, but uh, I loved Mary Tyler Moore also, I used to watch them, so those women, Marlo Thomas, uh, that girl, I lo so I loved the sitcoms, I loved the women of that time, and later on in stand-up, I loved... It. Vintage, vintage Roseanne. You know, Roseanne oh, pre yeah. original Roseanne, pre the right, domestic right, goddess, domestic goddess, and all that. I thought, I thought, you know, I mean, I thought that was brilliant. And uh, Ellen DeGeneres, that I thought she great. also uh, had a great. And then later on, I became a huge Seinfeld fan, of course. And I think Jerry still is really, really brilliant. And um, and I and actually I loved later again a little later on Wanda Sykes and Chris Rock. Oh, I thought, Wanda yeah, Sykes yeah, is incredible. Really, yeah, very funny. Yeah, when uh, when I did a show at the New Yorican Poets Cafe for those people in New York City on the Lower East Side. Wanda was part of the show that I produced there, Feminine Wiles, and she was always great. Yeah. She's always supportive, Wanda, always, right? Yeah. Very supportive. I, um, I have a, my, uh, my dad was a bar, my dad was a high school teacher, and every summer he, was, he would bartend up in the Catskill Mountains. And so I never realized this until I started doing stand-up um, I used to go with, I used to sit with him while he would get the bar ready for the evening show. So I would, I would see the comics coming in to do the mic check, like Toadie Fields. And a guy, um, uh, oh, I forgot what his, uh, it, was, it was Rodney Dangerfield, but he, he went by his, uh, his original name, whatever Rodney's first name was. That's, I, used to, I saw Rodney Dangerfield before he was Rodney Dangerfield. 
you know, he would come in and just, you know, he would do the mic. And, I, and like years later, I said, the aluminum him, salesman, the aluminum, <laughs> yes. Jack Roy. He, he, he was he, he before he was Rodney Dangerfield. He was Jack Roy. And he would come in and he would and he would bullshit with my father and everything. And years later, I said to my father, because at the beginning, my father was not very supportive of me. And then when I realized what I went, this was your fucking fault. <laughs> I grew up watching these people. Of course I was going to do that. And later on, my heroes still are um, uh, George Carlin and Richard Pryor. And what I, I, I will have to, I, I have to make this comment because the comics know what I'm going to talk about. But we're, we're in an age now of it's too PC now when it comes to comedy. You know, um, I, I, there, there was a, you know, a comic says the wrong thing and then the internet turns on them. And I just know that Carlin and Pryor are going, oh, shut the fuck up. But, you know, Carol, what you said, when a comic says the wrong thing, people turn on them. But recently, a woman is being persecuted, right. and she did not say the wrong she thing. She did not say she the wrong thing. She crafted a beautiful joke. Yes. Wish I wrote that. <laughs> it's a callback for you. And, and, and she's being canceled and persecuted right. for some non-existent reason and I resent that. Yeah, resent absolutely, that. and that's the biggest problem now is that you can't even do a joke without somebody being offended. And listen, you know, I mean, I, I think it's gonna get to the point where when you come to see a comedy show, it's gonna have to have the sign say, put on your fucking big boy pants <laughs> and stop being a pussy because if we if, sign if, a liability waiver. Yeah, but, it's, but, yeah, yeah. but sign a disclaimer. Put on yeah. your double D bra, okay? But if we lose this, I mean, seriously, if we lose the chance, you know, we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I don't expect to be. Like when I opened with the joke about the semen, right? Okay. So there was, a, I was actually here and I did that joke and there was a woman who was like 90 and she said she was 90. I said, wow, you must use the semen too. She was so upset with me after the show. She goes, I can't believe you said I had semen on my face. I said, I didn't say that. And I'm sorry if you were fucking offended, then go. Do you know what I mean? If you, it, it's, it, it's the same thing in the, with everything that's happening. If you don't like something, turn the fucking channel. Yes. But also the other great thing about comedy, even on this show here, we're all so different from each other. Right. And all you have to do is wait for the next comedian. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Somebody's going to make you fucking laugh. Yes. yes. Okay, well, you had a joke, darling? Uh, uh, question? Oh, oh my God! Absolutely. Yes. First of all, up until and it's still what she said at the beginning of the show when she introduced, saying there's only one of us on the show. They and the bookers would say to us, they actually had the temerity, balls of a dinosaur, to look me in the face and say the lineup is reflective of the audience. No, it's not. You have one woman on a show with ten guys. Give me a break. And so if, it's a, if it's there's three sexist. women, it's, it's a woman's show, or it's woman's night, or it's woman's comedy yeah, it's a, night. It's a, it it's like a always, ghetto it's show. It's always like that. Meaning a pink ghetto. It's called the pink ghetto. You know, God, there's more than one woman on the show. But yeah. also, when we just so you know, I mean, obviously it's called funny women of a certain age. Not and to whine and moan, but it, it's never changed. No, well, that's why I came up it's, with the show. Yeah. It's 1962. It, it is. It's 1962. It in the special uh, when we did it, and it was, you know, it was, you know, it was filled. Everyone knew who was on the show. It was all women over 50, and 75% of my audience was millennials. It was filled with the Bell House in Brooklyn. So, I mean
I could not believe it. A millennial goes to me, Rhonda, did you dye your hair? I said, yes, do you like it? <laughs> millennial, I love you, millennials. <laughs> okay, we have, to, uh, we have to end this, but it's, uh, anyone, I just want to, I don't want to leave anyone out. Yes, young lady. Well, I'm, I'm about five minutes away from going to work for H&R Block, but um, <laughs> quite frankly, it's not really working out as I expected, but uh, I probably would still be in accounting, you know. I um, am okay. actually a theater director, and uh, I have a show in the United Solo Festival that's coming up in October that's called American Captives, and I would be directing full-time if I, I wasn't having so much fun at stand-up comedy. It's going to be in October, and you should get your tickets now. It's only one day. Uh, I think it's October 6th, and it's about Sandra Bland and Lena Baker, and that's something very serious, and, uh, and I know there's some conscious, woke people here who, who would be interested in that. Excellent. United Solo Artists Festival, American Captives. Yeah. Sherry, well, well, as you know, I said earlier, I'm, you know, I'm going for, the, the, for the nutrition and a master's in that, but um, cause that's sort of like you know, my second act, so bringing that with comedy right. and you know, trying to educate people on food. Um, but if honestly, when I was younger, if I had my druthers, I, I, I've always produced theater, but I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. Wow. I did, because I just I love documentary filmmaking. I did it quite a bit of it when I was young, and, uh, and I was even broker than I was when I did stand-up, so that wasn't a very good career choice. So. <laughs> my mic just went out. I, um, I, I would love to have been a cop. <laughs> right, wouldn't I have been a great fucking cop? Man. But here's the deal, I would be in jail like the first week. Because I always say the reason, I mean, and I loved, I, I mean, I, I did a lot of military tours, so I've gone overseas and I love shooting guns, and I, uh, I do, no, but I, but I could never have a gun because I'm a New Yorker and I hate everybody. So like, if I walked, like if there was like a bunch of people in Times Square, I would fucking gun them down. And, but it would be, that's what I would have been. I would have been a cop who killed people. It'll be nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, we do have to run. Thank you so much. Please follow all of these ladies. Every one of these, every one of these women are amazing actresses. They're amazing writers. They're amazing directors. Really follow them all on social media. Ellen Karras, Rhonda Handsome, Sherry Davey. I am Carol Montgomery. Please watch the special. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Showtime, funny women of a certain age. Thank you, everybody. Good night.